Luke, the 19th chapter, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. I'm going to start with verse 1. I'm going to go all the way to verse 10. And on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus had to pass through Jericho. There lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus who supervised all the tax collectors. He was very eager to see Jesus and kept trying to get a look at him through the massive crowd. Since Zacchaeus was a short man and couldn't see over the heads of the people, he ran on ahead of everyone and climbed up a blossoming fig tree to get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed by. And when Jesus got to the place, he looked up into the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down, for I must stay at your house today. So he scurried down the tree and found himself face to face with Jesus. And as Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained, look at this, of all the people to have dinner with, he is going to eat in the house of a crook. Zacchaeus was amazed over his gracious visit to his home and joyously welcomed Jesus. And Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, Half of all that I own I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay them back four times as much as I stole. And Jesus said to him, your repentance shows today life has come to you and your household, that you are a true son of Abraham. The son of man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We ask, Lord, that, that for our next few moments together, Father, that you would temper the words that I have uh, that you've given me, Father, and help me to reach somebody with this message today. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. My title of this message today is, Would You Go Out on a Limb for Jesus? Would you go out on a limb for Jesus? Now, if I get a nosebleed up here, it's because I'm not real good with heights. I'm not used to this, but it is pretty awesome to stand on the word when you preach. <laughs> so Jesus had to go through Jericho. How many understand that the, the life of Jesus was ordered by the Heavenly Father and led by the Holy Spirit? And Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, but he had to go through Jericho. This wasn't just because he had to go through there because it was the next town to where he was going. He had to go through there because the Lord was directing his steps. How many have ever read the word that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord? Amen. And so he's going through Jericho. And, of course, Jericho has two or three meanings. Jericho at one time when it was a Canaanite territory, Jericho uh, was the home of the moon god the moon god. And so one of the, the, the definitions for Jericho is his moon. Uh, but there's two or three. One is his moon, one is his mouth, and one is his sweet fragrance. Oh, God has a purpose in everything that he does. 
is he not the brightest light in your darkest night? I got to thinking about this moon thing because we think of Jesus as the sun and he is. But who was it that brought the moon about? Who was it that was with God and was God and spoke all things into existence? And although the misguided Canaanites may have used this region to worship uh, the moon, the orb that hangs in the night, we're talking about the one walking through the region who created that orb that hangs in the night. He's the light that makes the moon shine. So, is he not the brightest light in the darkness, the most dark part of your night? Is not the words of his mouth everlasting life? Just speaking his name in the presence of someone in need can often absolutely electrify the region around that person. Just whisper his name sometime when you're in need and see if the atmosphere does not change. And if you think that's powerful, whispering his name, quote his words. Because his words will transform your life and change your direction. His words, just in a whispered prayer, just whisper his name for the first time. If you've had no encounter with God whatsoever, whispering his name for the first time will bring the Holy Spirit close to you and introduce you to him. And his words in your mouth, Father, I confess my sin. I call for Jesus to be the Lord of my life. And when he comes in, in that moment, instantaneously, the words that you cry out, boom, cause a heart change on the inside of you. And suddenly you realize that you have been transformed. In an instant, in a second, you are not the same. If you've had that that experience, give the Lord a shout. <laughs> Hallelujah. So is not he the brightest light in the darkness of your night? Is he not the words uh, of, of life? Whenever he speaks, everlasting life begins uh, to transform uh, your natural circumstances. If you want to get out of the natural and step into the supernatural, call upon his name, speak his word, get into a posture of prayer, and I, I guarantee you that your natural will be transformed into a supernatural moment. Mm. Is he not the sweetest aroma and alluring fragrance that mankind has ever known? He had to go through Jericho. Jericho bears his description. He had to go. Today, and I promise you with my hand up, I am telling you a gospel truth. As we were standing here today, as worship was happening in this room,
the room was being transformed. The room was changing. The room was electrified. It was different. The atmosphere was different. And as I stood here, I am not making this up, I promise you. As we were standing here, suddenly an aroma filled the air in front of me. What, did anyone else experience that? You experienced that too. You guys heard thunder. You felt the wind. Wow. I'm standing there. I've never experienced the aroma before. And I'm standing there. And it was, I, I can't describe it because I don't know what the smell was. But it was an earthy, woodsy, uh, I keep wanting to say sandalwood. But I don't know what sandalwood really smells like. Yeah, there was a sweetness to it. it was a, there's a sweetness, but a woodsy, I don't know how to explain it. But you knew, you knew that this was supernatural. You knew it wasn't just someone near you. You could tell that, but there was someone near me. But you could tell it wasn't someone's perfume. It wasn't someone's cologne. It was, it was a fragrance all its own. And it came out of nowhere, and I was not smelling it. I was not smelling it at all. But all of a sudden, I smelt that fragrance, and I realized that I was in a supernatural moment. And so we have the God of the supernatural walking through Jericho. It bears his description. He is the light bearer. His words are everlasting life. He is the sweet rose of Sharon. He gives off a fragrant, fragrant smell. There's just something about him. And there are no accidents in Jesus. And there are no surprises on his end when it comes to miracles. And he came to town looking for an encounter with Zacchaeus. Can you say amen? So that was very half-hearted. There you go. Thank you. He may have been passing through the region. He may have been praying for others. This may have been a day of encounter for many, 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 many people. But for sure, this was Zacchaeus' day. For sure, this was the day that Zacchaeus had been appointed to have an encounter with Jesus on this day. Hmm. And Jesus was stirring the atmosphere everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, there was healings and miracles and deliverance encounters. And there was debates from religious people and persecution from the church. Everywhere he went, he was always stirring up the atmosphere. It doesn't surprise me that he's stirring the atmosphere in this place. It doesn't surprise me that we can stand in one spot in this place and just magnify him and suddenly we have a spiritual encounter. Because anytime you call upon God, he's attentive to the cry of the hungry. He's attentive to the cry of the hurting. He's attentive to the cry of the needy. He's always willing and always able and always ready to meet you at the point of your greatest need. Can you say amen to that? Everyone in town is clamoring. Everyone is talking because there's excitement in the air. The Messiah, the Mashiach, he's passing by. 
We've only been waiting for him for 2,000 years. And here he comes. Here he comes. In fact, it's been 4,000 years of time now up to this point. And here he comes. He was promised through the first man, Adam. But here he comes. He's walking through the streets. No one can do the miracles he does except he be of God. And everyone is excited. Everyone is, ex is exuberant. There's an agitation in the air. But Zacchaeus has a problem because he's vertically challenged. He cannot see above the heads of the crowd. Have you ever come up short in a circumstance with God? Have you ever had a moment when you came up short, you didn't quite measure up, and you needed a little help, a little boost to get to the next place? Zacchaeus is in that moment, and he wants to see the Messiah. He's hearing him. He can see that the crowd is excited. So he realizes that he can't see over them. So what does he do? He can either stay lost in the crowd, or he can rise above this challenge. So he chooses to rise above and not stay lost in the crowd. If he stayed lost in the crowd, he would have never had the encounter that he had that day with the Messiah. And his heart was excited. His heart wanted to see who the Messiah is. What does he look like? What is his description? What is his stature? What is it about him that draws these crowds? What is it that causes such excitement? What is it that causes him to pass through Jericho uh, on an appointment? What is it about him uh, that I, I need to see? There's something there. But if I stay here in the crowd, I'll never get a chance to see him in the fullness. And I want to see him and experience him in the fullness. And so he runs ahead of the crowd. And he finds a fig tree. And he climbs up in the the fig tree. He just wants to see what the commotion is all about. Now, this is not in the narrative, but in my mind's eye, this is happening. Because if he's short enough, he may have to crawl out from the trunk of the tree onto a limb in order to hang out over the crowd enough to get a view of the Messiah. Mm. Sometimes you just have to take a chance. Sometimes you can even find yourself in a place with an element of danger. But if you're truly looking for a change, you got to rise above the plane on where you are living and risk something new, something different, something challenging, something exciting. Because if you stay where you are, you will die in your mediocrity when you have an opportunity to rise above the mediocrity of your life and step into something extraordinary. How many extraordinary believers do we have in this house? Give the Lord a shout. Amen. Amen.
That's exactly what Zacchaeus did. He rose above his circumstances with the hopes of just seeing something new. To get a whiff of this new fragrance. To hear life-filled words of the Messiah from a bird's eye view. There above the crowd, he hangs, and Jesus is passing by. Can you imagine his shock and surprise when Jesus stops beneath the tree and says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm coming to spend some time with you at your house today. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? I'm coming to your house. Look at the posture of Zacchaeus. Instantly, repentance came out of him. All it takes is one encounter with Jesus. All he has to do is call your name one time for you to admit the character that lives on the inside of you. Because he is everything and you need his everything just to be something. And so when he calls you and calls you out by name, if you've gone out on a limb because you just want to lean in and see what this is about, the moment he calls your name, all of a sudden, everything in your character is exposed to you in an instant. And he falls into a spirit of repentance. And I love his heart because he, he, he immediately confesses his sin that's what the Word says. Confess your sin and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. He believes immediately just from the vocal call of the Messiah, the everlasting life in his voice grabbed and hit him in the chest and caused his character to be exposed before his face. And he came down out of the tree in a spirit of repentance going, God, I'll pay it back. I'll pay it back. I'll give it back. I'll give it back. I'll help the poor that I have ignored. Lord, my heart has changed towards them before I hoarded everything for myself and didn't care about the poor because I wanted to be a rich man. But now, God, none of that makes any difference because in light of eternity, there's something in me that says it's all worthless. It's all dung here in this earth. I'll do everything I can to better the quality of someone else's life and forget about my own so that I might obtain the pearl of great price, Christ Jesus. Mm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. He says, I'll give above and beyond. What a heart change. 
This is a man who's been miserly and stealing and, and, and hoarding for himself. And what's worse is he would have been despised by his own people for being a tax collector. And he was not just a tax collector, but he was the boss of the tax collectors. So I guarantee you he was getting a little bit of kickback off of everybody underneath him. Mm. Yet... Zacchaeus knew his sin and was fully aware of his misdeeds. But when he encountered Jesus right away, he knew that to follow Jesus, you must submit to change. Here's a problem in Christianity. We want Jesus. We want fire insurance and we want the promise of heaven. But please don't ask me to change. Oh, this, is, this feels like meddling now. I, I want to keep a hold of my little something-something. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed for someone, laid hands on them for deliverance, only to find out they weren't ready to let go of what it was that was holding them bound. But Zacchaeus wasn't that way. This was a real encounter. And when you get a real encounter with God, see what most people want to play is a plastic Jesus game. See if I can manipulate Jesus to my purpose. But a true follower of Christ comes to him with no hidden agendas. We say whatever it takes, God. Whatever you have to take out of me, whatever must be replaced, whatever I must give up, I'm ready because you are worth more to me than all of this in this life. This is why the Bible tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God. Then he'll add things to your life. If you get it in right order, you'll never go without. But most of us, we worry about the hoarding and we worry about the stuff and we worry about the things that we have over the kingdom. And he's teaching Zacchaeus in just an instant that if you come to me, you must submit to change. You must walk away from your misdeeds and your shady, questionable ways. You have to change your outlook. You must turn away from your lifestyle and embrace the kingdom lifestyle as a representative of the Messiah. When you make the exchange, the divine exchange of the self-willed man serving himself as a God to surrendering to the one and true and only God, you must submit that from now on I represent you and everything about my life represents you because I gave up my ownership to me that I might be yours forever evermore in eternity and in the here and now and my life counts everywhere I go every moment of the day unto everybody that I meet I am a representation of the kingdom life and the Messiah the king of my kingdom wow I'm almost done The rest of the religious crowd who felt entitled 
alone to the benefits of the Messiah murmured about Jesus' lack of understanding of how he would tarnish his image eating with a known sinner whose table would be filled with sinners. <laughs> oh, man. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? He knew the kind of man Zacchaeus was when he called his name. He knew exactly what was going on in his life. The Holy Spirit had already clued him in on who Zacchaeus was. And in that moment, in that moment of divine exchange, Zacchaeus changed. Zacchaeus was different. But the religious crowd could not get their mind around a Jesus who loves Sinners. This is why we have the parable of how the father threw a wedding feast for his son and those invited were not worthy because they found too many other interests in life to come to the table. So he went into the highways and byways and compelled those who were destitute and broken and tore down that society looked down upon and invited them to the marriage supper. And Jesus is living this out in front of the religious crowd by going to the house of Zacchaeus. And I'll bet you that Matthew, of all of the disciples, Matthew was not complaining this day. Because he too had been a tax collector. He too knew what it means to surrender it all to Jesus. He too had been there and understood the transformation of a relationship with Christ Jesus. So what caused Jesus to stop in front of Zacchaeus? Was it just divine providence of God? Certainly could be. Was it just an opportunity for Jesus to get a free meal? Probably not. I believe the factor of this encounter was a man in great need of a Savior was willing to risk ridicule, persecution, and embarrassment for just a glimpse of something better in his life than being a man of low character. I believe his heart was crying out so loud that Jesus couldn't miss him. I believe that day into his darkness came the light. That day he heard the words of life. That day he was bathed in the sweet aroma of Jesus. That day Zacchaeus began to live. That day the man who couldn't see above the crowd, who was willing to go out on a limb, became a man of incredible character in an instant.
whose life changed instantaneously, whose heart was transformed from greedy, self-serving, dictatorial worshiper of self into a generous, giving, loving representation of the Messiah for the rest of his days on earth and into eternity. Father, I thank you for your message today. I ask, Father, that you would allow us, Father, to not be afraid, Father, to go out onto a limb to get a better glimpse of you. Father, I pray that as those of us who represent the kingdom wouldn't be afraid to go out on a limb to spend time with somebody who needs you desperately, that we, like Jesus, would recognize divine encounters, that we might pour into the life of the lost, the hurting, the broken, the needy, who are just waiting for an opportunity for a character change. They want to change, just don't know how because they've never had an encounter that would change their life. But we want to be, Father, that church. We want to be that people. We want to be those of that character who will carry your presence, carry your goodness, carry your light, carry your word, and carry your fragrance into their world. We give you honor. We give you glory. If you're here today and you've never had that opportunity to kneel before Jesus and say, hey, change me. Cleanse me, mold me, make me. If that's you, Oh, there's no one else looking around. Would you just raise your hand and say, pray with me, Pastor? Yes, thank you. That's honest. Thank you. Father, I pray for this one, Father, with uplifted hand who wants to be with you. You are stopping everything, Father, for this one. They desire you, they hunger for you, they thirst for you. They're ready. It's time. Father, call them off the limb. Call them down from the limb. Help them change what they cannot change. Help them become what you desire. I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but if that's you, if you raise your hand, just come. And I want, I want to pray with you. I want to spend some time. If that's you, just come. Unashamed, unafraid, just come and let us pray with you. Let us pray. Thank you, Father. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Can I have some ladies to come and help me to minister? 
Father, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Father. Father, I thank you. I ask, Lord, that you'd have your way, have your will. Everybody stretch your hands this way, and let's all be active in ministry. We're not here to embarrass anyone. We're just here to agree that it is time for change. God, I thank you, and I praise you, and I worship you, and I glorify you. And, Father, I ask, Lord, that you help us right here, right now, Father. We don't want to be self-willed. We don't want to worship self any longer. We bow this time, Father, for you to change everything that needs changed. This time, Father, that it becomes absolute life change. Coming down from the limb, Father, to totally be everything you've called me out to be. My character changes as I submit to you. I give you everything, everything, holding nothing back, holding nothing back. Thank you, Father. 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 Earlier in the service, there wasn't an opportune time to break. It might be this individual. But somebody in here was on the Lord's heart that's struggling mentally and emotionally. And you're having to fight back thoughts of suicide. If that's you, please don't hesitate. Please run to this altar for help. Run to this place of mercy and safety and goodness. Because God will meet you here. Father, we bind that spirit of suicide in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. It was Jeremiah who the Lord gave that to. Jeremiah, you stay with her until you know she's free. You can interrupt our time anytime you want. 
you can stretch church as long as you need it, God. That not one soul would leave this place or escape, God, without an encounter. We thank you, Father. I know you've been here a long time. If you would just bear with us just for another moment or two. house let's just magnify God 